Happy Monday to everybody. LZ Granderson. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. Hope Mama Granderson, uh, you know, did her thing uh, on Thanksgiving. What was it like with Mama Granderson this weekend? First of all, we're still having Thanksgiving. Still? Still leftovers are still happening? Still. Okay. I got dressing sandwiches I still got to finish eating. We finished that I just took half the turkey and I made tortilla soup with it yesterday. Ooh, that sounds delicious. but I froze the other half to be used for some sort of stewed dish to be named later. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I stashed like a Marcus Saul draft pick. Right, and right, then, right. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing better than the draft pick to be named later. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Ex- so. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So a stew to be named later would come out of the turkey that I smoked. Took about 12 hours to smoke the turkey. So I slow smoked it. We had mac and cheese, the dressing, the cornbread, the collard yeah. greens. We have so many desserts that when I walk by the kitchen, I get diabetes. So things were looking good on Thursday. What about you? Yeah, things were good. Uh, You know, we had a small thing. My in-laws were here. We ate outside. Uh, You know, we did good. We ate a lot of food. There was a turkey. There was a ham. There was all sorts of sides. I feel like I had more sides than turkey and ham. uh, And also plenty of desserts. We had uh, a chocolate dessert with some kind of like... uh, it was almost like a moussey kind of thing with cookies in it. It was delicious. My wife made it, and it's got like espresso powder on it. Uh, we had a mango cake from a Filipino bakery. Um, Lovely. Yeah, that was delicious. Did you have that little glaze on top? Yeah, and actual little oh, mango pieces of mango. That. It was oh, delicious. Um, yeah, we had all sorts of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a good day. It was it was good. I mean, the Lions didn't do so well at the beginning oh, of the day. Oh, we did great. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we just needed one more loss to give it to Matt Patricia. Mr. Well, there Thomas. you go. Then that worked out well for you. Um, oh, Greg, what about you? What did you guys do? Uh, we just went over to my brother's house. It was a very small gathering. That was there a lot of pot there? Since he's the pot lawyer, there they people did go outside more often than I thought they probably okay. would have. But okay. good for them. Good for yeah. them. Yeah. I also gained easily six seven pounds over that week. So the to- all the the hard work from the previous exercise uh, all lost. Yeah, it's all it's all gone. I'm back over two hundred pounds. It was just mm. a disaster because there's so much sweets and it's yeah. so good pie and brownies and yeah. all, like then we had. Pancakes what, and what bacon. What kind of brownies, though? Did you eat oh, the right no, brownies? No, I, or the, I eat the regular brownies. Oh. I am a straightforward oh, no brownie point. guy. I hate all of you guys right that. now. Why? Why do you hate us, Laura? Because you couldn't eat any of that stuff. Exactly. I couldn't. I can't eat for like a month. What do you mean you can't eat for like a month? Yeah, I have to live on water and protein shakes for like a month. Why is that? Because I had surgery last week and. Uh... Way to drop that on us right <laughs> all of a sudden out of nowhere. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So everybody was. I wasn't dropping her business. Thank you, Greg. I, I was uh, seeing my family eat this beautiful dinner, and I'm like, they're like, oh, I'll have water. And then you guys are all talking about this amazing food, which I'm happy you guys can have. You have. Can you have LZ's turkey tortilla soup if there's any left over? No. There's, there's not. Oh. Well. Sorry, I got crushed. Yeah. Damn, girl. <laughs> so I'll so, lose weight. Whatever Greg gained, I'll lose it. <laughs> I'm happy about that. You can yeah. have So protein shakes and water. Yeah. Protein are shakes Are these like... Are these like medicated protein shakes that they gave you or just any whey protein that you scoop up with some fixings? It's fine. Yeah, I just got it at Costco. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not it's not super expensive, which is pretty good. Yeah. But, uh, it is Cyber Monday. You could probably get a lot more of it for cheaper, actually. Right it's now, so. true, yeah. yeah There's that. That's why I hate you guys right now. Oh, okay, well, I'm sorry food. that you hate us, but, you know. <laughs> 
sorry. Sorry that you had surgery, I guess. You know, it just kind of sprung yeah. on us there. But anyway, we are, we're glad you're here, though. Thank um, you. Because you weren't here last week, so it was good to have you. Um, it is good to have Dennis Schroeder as a member of the Lakers LZ. I know everyone feels the same way. Um, but Dennis did drop something on us today that I thought was interesting. Like, he wants to start next to Bron and AD. And I don't know about you, but that wasn't necessarily part of the plan, at least I thought. Like, he made it known he wants to start at point guard. Uh, but Dave McMiniman has a story out right now that I'll retweet, and you can uh, check it out at Sedano, um, that sources tell him that the Lakers haven't settled on a starting lineup just yet, which is fine because it's training camp tomorrow. Um, but that was kind of an interesting thing to drop just on our lap here all of a sudden, uh, almost as interesting as Laura having surgery a second ago. <laughs> almost as interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, on the one hand, it was shocking because we're used to new guys saying things like, especially new guys who aren't necessarily made men or all-stars, they typically say something along the lines of, I'll be available however they need me, whatever the team needs, blah, blah, fit blah, in. blah, 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 yeah, yeah. want to fit in. No, this dude's like, hey, I want uh, Avery Bradley's spot. And you know what? I kind of like it. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. You know, if we want somebody to help bring a certain moxie to this starting lineup, and if we want uh, youth and energy, then what on earth is wrong with a guy who just finished second in the freaking six man of the year award saying, I don't want to be a six man anymore? I have I zero issue with it. By the I way, he zero. was a starter for a very long time prior to being this almost the sixth man of the year. Well, he was a, he was a starter in Atlanta for all those years, right? right. And then he gets traded to uh, to OKC. To OKC. Yeah. And you know, I, I could see him. He's still so young. What is he? Twenty six, twenty seven years old. Mm -hmm. um, he's looking for his opportunities to make money. Remember, he's not a free agent pickup. He was a he was traded, so he wants to pick up some money. And the only way, the best way to do that is, you know, to ball out. And the best way to ball out is to be on the floor. So I don't, I don't blame him from saying, you know, this is how he feels coming out the gate. However, if you are not selected as a starter. How is that going to go? I don't need you pouting either, bro, because you can be moved just as easy as you were moved the last time. Uh, yeah, and I think chemistry that, is everything. I, I don't know enough about his personality because I have. I mean, clearly, I wasn't spending a lot of time covering the Hawks, um, and I was only around him once in an OKC game this year. So, like, I I don't have a good read on him from a personality standpoint. So, to your point, what happens there if that becomes like an issue? Like, is he not going to be thrilled? Um, like, I don't know, man. Like, again, I like the moxie. Right, I like the feeling of, hey, man, I want to be a big part of this, and I feel like I can do that starting. But my thing on that has always been, it really, I, I mean, starting is like one of these emblematic or, you know, type things where, I, I mean, it's fine, right? It's like, it's you know, I know guys like to start. Remember Carmelo had this thing where I'm a starter, yep. you know? And, yep. and, and I, I get that, but finishing the games is way more important than starting the games. That's what people who come off the bench say. <laughs> no, but that, it just but that's I mean, the I, reality no, I, of it. No, like your best players are you. playing in the last five Listen, minutes. I agree with you, but that is typically the remarks made by a player who's coming off the bench. Rarely do you hear the starter saying, "Hey, it doesn't matter if I start; it only matters if I'm on the floor at the end." 
No, typically who says that are the guys who don't get to start and need to feel better about it because there is a huge ego thing about starting. Have your name announced. Having, you know, everybody circle around you. When you're starting, that's your franchise saying, of all of our players, you are among the five best. Now, that's not necessarily true, of course. Sometimes guys are in the starting lineup not because they're the best player, but because they need a certain skill set against right. a certain matchup. Yeah, or, or, or a specific fit with the with the fit, roster exactly. that's in place. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But the reality is, is that most laymen see that as, oh well, you must be one of the team's best players. So there's an ego thing to it, yeah. and I can understand where he's coming from. A 27 year old just traded was forced to be a bench player, as you said, was a starter all before that. As long as he okay, he's okay with what you said. As long as you're on the floor at the end, we're good. But if it comes if it comes down, his personality isn't one that's really cool, or he's pouting about coming off the bench, then either Braun needs to check him, Vogel or Kid or somebody needs to check him, or Polinka could check him out because we don't need some you know 27 year old non award winning guy ain't won nothing coming in upsetting our chemistry. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. I'm curious to get people's thoughts on that. We'll kind of dissect that a little bit because there are some pros and cons to him. Uh, as a starter, and we can touch on some of that. Plus, it is an unbelievable anniversary in the world of pop culture today, and we're going to address what that is. We'll tell you what's that. And I think the birthday of arguably the greatest pure athlete we've ever had, okay? So all that coming up, plus your thoughts on Schroeder, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We'll be back in two and a half minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and LZ with you here on a Monday afternoon. Keep this song going for a second, Laura. Don't forget, we've got Santa Key. So here's how this is going to work. Correct me if I'm wrong, Greg. The Basically, there'll be like a sounder that's going to pop up, not in the commercial breaks like we normally do a lot of these contests. This will actually happen like literally in the middle of LZ and I talking, right? Yeah, we're going to do it. We're just going to surprise you with it. It's going to come randomly. Who knows? Right. So you got to be listening during the segments. I know we usually try to make you listen during the commercials, but this time we want you to actually listen to the content to see if uh, if Key pops up and then Caller 7 will get a chance to pick from the 710 stocking, right? That's exactly right. Okay, fair enough. And then we're giving away a car, LZ, at 5.30 today. What? Like a so brand fi- new car? Yeah, the brand new car, 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport, courtesy of Culver City Mazda, our friend Sal Gonzalez. At 5.15, we will announce the key that won, the virtual key number, and then at 5.30, we'll have the winner. Um, so today is November 30th, and in 1982, Michael Jackson released Thriller, LZ, a pop masterpiece featuring... An incredible team that included Quincy Jones and Eddie Van Halen was on that album, if you recall correctly. It sure was. Um, so a, a number of different people collaborated on that album to help him out. Um, it sold in the immediacy of it. In that year, 1982, it sold 33 million albums and has sold over 100 worldwide since. Uh, the greatest selling album of all time. What does it make you think of? Like, first, it makes me feel like I'm a little old. Uh, but number two, 
because I was five, but I do remember Thriller, um, particularly the video as we've talked about before. But man, I, just so many good songs on this album. I mean, it's, it's absolutely remarkable to think that, you know, this album was as successful as it was because, you know, no one really understood how important MTV would be to the music industry when it came out. Correct. And because of Michael Jackson's brilliance as a visual artist as much as a recording artist, he was able to take advantage of this new video form and ride MTV to incredible heights. And I, I bring that all up to say it's because of that Thriller gets the love that it does. But everybody knows the better Michael Jackson album was actually off the wall. Mm. It just came out before MTV. Right. But I'm telling you, if Off the Wall was the album when it when MTV was breaking and all those cool videos, because he did right. videos for Off the I Wall. I want to rock looking. with yeah. you. Yeah. They weren't that great. Oh, but the videos no. he did for Thriller, if he was able to do it all over again and make those for Off the Wall, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the success would be just the same, if not even better, because... Off the Wall was the better album, even though Thriller's the one that gets all the love. So Rolling Stone has ranked the top 500 albums of all time. They did it this year, actually, back in September. And the highest rated Michael Jackson album was indeed Thriller. And it was, do you want to guess where it was ranked in the top 500? For who? Michael Jackson's Thriller album? I mean, for who? Rolling Stone, you said? Rolling Stone's all-time albums. Rolling Stone. They probably got some Beatles garbage is number one. So I'm going to say like number three. <laughs> no, number 12, actually. Number 12? Yeah. Now, Disrespectful! Get... Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. Um, so at number 11, they have the Beatles Revolver. At number 10, they have Lauryn Hill, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Nah, at, no at, at number nine, they've got Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. At number eight, Prince and the Revolution, Purple Rain, which honestly... I think it's also a better album than Thriller. I know that's a hot take. No, 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 but no, I... no, no, no. That's not a hot take. I'm, that should be an assumed take. Okay, but some Purple people Rain don't. was don't, a better album. Don't believe that. Fleetwood Mac, Rumors, was an excellent album. Uh, don't know if it was better than Thriller, but still an excellent album. Thriller had, yeah. by the way, eight Grammy nominations and seven top ten hits. Uh, Nirvana's Nevermind at number six. The Beatles' Abbey Road at number five. Stevie Wonder at number four. Songs in the Key of Life. Number yeah. three, Joni Mitchell's Blue. Um, number two, the Beach Boys, Pet Sounds. I'm not familiar with the album. Uh, but number one, Marvin yeah. Gaye, What's Going What's On. What's Going On. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can we can argue, you know, back and forth. When was this album or when was this thing September done? 20th, 2021. I mean, 2020, sorry. Oh, so they just did it? They just did it this year, yeah. And that's what they came up with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, you know. To each his own. You know, at the end of the day, ranking music, you know, really is about as you know subjective as ranking beauty. Oh, no doubt. But I still will hold that from a hold up perspective, as in when you listen to it years later, does it hold up? Yes. Um, Purple Rain unquestionably holds up. Right. I mean, there's a million songs on that album that are fantastic. That are fantastic. Thriller doesn't. You hear "Beat It," you feel it feels cheesy. old. Yeah, it feels old. It feels it old. It just, yeah. it, it just, it just does, and that's yeah. the reason why I feel that like "Off the Wall" 
when you think about those first five or six songs, even though it's a very specific disco sound, the way that Quincy Jones produced that thing, dog, it has such depth and it is so complicated and layered and yeah. textured that yeah. it that it it it's it, it it just doesn't sound like an old fogey album. Yeah, I, I will say this. Let's go crazy. It was literally on the radio the other day, and I was cranking it up. Like, still still good today, uh, to your point. Now, Greg has taken umbrage with something you said when we were talking about the Rolling Stone list of where Thriller ranked. Go ahead, Greg. Now, I agree with a lot of that stuff. Purple Rain is a fantastic album, but how dare you? How dare you say that Beatles garbage? Because I believe, and this is my opinion, okay, that very much the way that Michael Jackson's Thriller album and Madonna's career for, you know, similar reasons was able to take advantage of technology that lifted them up higher than perhaps, you know, or lifted those, lifted those releases up higher. Um, the Beatles, as well as Elvis Presley, also took advantage of the wave of televisions becoming more accessible at home. Correct. Sure. Ed Sullivan show, things like that, exactly. et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. they were able to take advantage of of that new technology, which elevated their status perhaps higher than what it really should have been. Oh, I mean, the Beatles are, they are fantastic. I'm a huge, huge I didn't say they weren't fantastic. Like, Abbey Road is an amazing, amazing album. Number five is maybe a little bit low for it, but it's still, I mean, Thriller should be up there. I can sing a whole bunch of Beatles songs and not just the chorus. I have, I took my son to see the Beatles Cirque Show in Vegas because mm-hmm. I love their music so much. But I'm also clear-eyed in terms of you know how they're ranked and everything that was going on in the world. And I'm just like going, all right, four white guys from England, were they really crushing it more than Motown? There was, I mean, really? No. No. So- I don't like their music as much, <laughs> I would say. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. I, I mean, I like some of the Beatles' music, but I'm not like... I'm not the guy listening to KLOS or whatever on the weekends when they're doing the Beatles brunch for the entire time it's running. Like, maybe I'll catch a song. If I like it, I'll stick around. If not, I'll right. flip. Um, you know, if, if all of a sudden it comes up in a shuffle, I have a few songs. Maybe I'll listen, but maybe I'll skip it. Like, it's not something I feel like I need to listen to all no, the time. No. Led Zeppelin and, and Rolling Stones, those two bands, right. from an instrumentation perspective to me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Way more sophisticated and complicated. Yeah, way more. Well, their they instrumentation just didn't have the same level. Their, instru- yeah. their instruments, yes, were way more sophisticated. But the the variety of song that you got from the Beatles, they weren't just a a one trick pony. They had a whole no, bunch of were. different. They had a whole bunch of different styles that went up and down throughout their all their albums, which I think there was only like five yeah. or six of. I I will just say this uh, because I know Laura will ask. There's not even a, a Latino group in the top fifty albums in Rolling Stone. I feel like we're being disrespected as a culture. I mean, I mean, I'm you, used you to that. Yeah. You, you, Sadly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just I can't. Saying. I can't believe in 2020 they couldn't find one. Not one, dog. Not. not I even mean, just the, not even on the six. Give Who us at least a little Julio six? Iglesias from like the <laughs> 80s or something. You know what I mean? Like, give me something. I mean, you something. got these albums from the 60s there, on here. Not a Carlos Santana. Right. Can't thank get you. Carlos Santana. Just give me a Carlos Santana in the top 50. Exactly. Uh, all right. Coming up next, Jared Goff. Is he even in the... Ho, ho, ho. Uh-oh, Merry sorry. Merry Christmas. Oh, Key, Santa Key. Hello, Santa Key. What do we got going on with Santa Key here? That's the cue to call. That is the cue to call. So 877-710-ESPN, caller number seven gets to pick from our stocking. 
um, of you know Santa Key, see what Santa Key's bringing to town. So do that right now, 877-710-ESPN. See it, it'll surprise everyone, including us. Uh, so there you have it. All right, so coming up next, Jared Goff, definitely in the top 50 quarterbacks, but is he actually elite? And his coach laid into him, actually. We'll tell you about that in a second. But This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right. We have caller number seven, Mike Goodcase in Moore Park. Time to pick a stocking from above the 710 fireplace. You can pick Keyshawn, Greeny, Max, Mason, Ireland, Sedano, LZ, Kaplan, or Playoff Sliwa. Mike, which one do you want to pick? Which stocking? Stocking. Uh, I'm going to go with Ireland. Okay. Hey, it's Ireland. That's right. It's Johnny I, the John Ireland stocking above the 710 fireplace. Okay. So congratulations, Mike. Don't go anywhere um, because we got to find out what the – the price is. Okay, let's see what's inside the stocking. Congratulations. You win a custom-framed L.A. Times sports cover of the Lakers championship win. Put that okay. up in your man cave to get ready for the return of Lakers basketball. That That is pretty cool. You get the framed L.A. Times. Lakers win the championship, which is pretty awesome stuff, and you can put it up in the house somewhere, Mike. Congratulations. That is awesome. All right, thank you. Congratulations, brother. That is fantastic. And if you want... I can get a friend of a friend of a friend to sign it for you. <laughs> there you go. Sounds like a plan. All right, Mike. Well, congratulations. Stay on hold here. We're going to put you on hold. Make sure Laura has all your information. Uh, listen to Playoff Sliwa tonight, folks, starting at 7 o'clock after the Sean McVay show for Santa Key to come down the chimney again and stuff your stocking with Lakers goodies from 710 ESPN, your home of the world champion Los Angeles Lakers. So there you have it. Uh, so, LZ, Yes, sir. We have hoped that the Rams would uh, fulfill the prophecy of the third L.A. team to win a championship this year. But Jared Goff seems to uh, be a thorn in our side here. And even his coach seems to have uh, gotten a little fed up here with his play recently. Oh, I thought we were playing sound. No, we're not playing the sound. It was just throwing <laughs> it to you. But we okay. could have that for you in a moment. At, at, yeah. at any moment, Sean's going to go off. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's like we talked about in Purgatory. You know, Sean historically has been the one who talks about his own shortcomings and his own failures, and he takes all the criticism on his shoulders and shield his players on both sides of the ball, including special teams, from any public criticism. But more and more, especially this season, you're seeing him, you know, sort of hold his guys accountable. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the next phase of his coaching growth. Where in the first phase, you know, he shows everyone what he can do mm-hmm. and he has success and he willfully goes in front and takes all the bullets when they fall short. The second phase is what happens once people adjust to you and can you make those adjustments to the adjustments? 
And we saw what happened last season, a 9-7 record. Not terrible, but obviously missing the playoffs a year after making the Super Bowl is disappointing. This is the third layer. This is where he's more confident, so he's hired his own staff as opposed to take the recommendations of others, hence Wade Phillips getting replaced along with some others. But he's also holding his guys accountable in the media. And I never had any doubt, George, that he was doing it in private. But when you start holding your players account in the media, that means you're viewing yourself as a made man and that they can't come back at you via the media and have any water in this fight. And Jared Goff turned in a performance that allowed Sean McVay to comfortably call him out without having to worry about anybody saying, hold up, that was a bit harsh. In fact, I'm pretty sure you could probably ask some fans and they'll probably say he was still too easy on them. Jared yeah. played horribly. Uh, and he played, Sean called him out. Yeah, he played horribly. He called him out. And honestly, I would have done it way earlier. I think Sean is so protective of his guys. Like, remember the whole Todd Gurley situation last year? You know, Sean yep. kept putting that on himself, right? Like, no matter yep. – we all knew that Todd was shot, right? It was fairly obvious that yep. that was the case. But Sean always put it on himself, right? And, and you know, it's, so it's rare – when Sean does this and and actually calls someone out, like it, honestly, it, it's only happened like once or twice. I want to say prior to this particular instance, but if you didn't hear it for yourself, uh, here's what Sean said about Jared Goff. And again, it doesn't sound like the craziest thing to say. It sounds very obvious, but remember that Sean is a guy that always takes up for his guys. So listen in real quick. Too many times we beat ourselves and, and we just have to play better. We're not taking good enough care of the football. And that's something that's got to change. Otherwise, I'm going to continue to sit up here and say this week in and week out. And it just can't continue to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty stern when you talk about Sean McVay. Yeah. And he, here's what I would do, LZ. And I know we touched on it during purgatory. I would consider kicking the tires on someone that could be available this offseason to prepare them potentially for 2022. Because oh, George, that's so nice of you. I mean, it's been a while since I played quarterback, but I really like your confidence. In no, you. not you, LZ. Not you. Not you. Oh. But another uh, name that people will know in Southern California, there is going to be a young man who is going to be available this offseason. His name is Sam Darnold. Okay. The Jets are going to move on from him. And my understanding, LZ, is that there will be a number of teams looking to kick the tires and trading for Sam Darnold. I believe the Niners will be one of those teams. Honestly, I think the Colts could be one of those teams. And I'm talking about just teams that could be contenders, right? Like, forget about all the bad teams, right? But those two teams are teams that are good teams, and I think they will kick the tires on Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold is only 23 years old still. Sam Darnold was probably too young entering the league and needed really good coaching, and... Neither of those things happened for him. So I, I think I look at what Ryan Tannehill has done post Adam Gase, and I'm not mm -hmm. saying that Sam Darnold will be Ryan Tannehill, but I don't think that Sam Darnold is that far from, from Tannehill as far as a skill set. If I were the Rams, I would offer a fourth rounder or something like that for Darnold, which is pennies on the dollar, bring him into the system, and if Goff stinks it up next year too, then you've got your guy you can replace, and he's been groomed for a year. And I think if anyone can fix Sam, it's a guy like Sean McVay. I, I like where your head is going. Um, we know very well what Sam Darnold is capable of when the play breaks down. 
when you need to go beyond the X's and O's, as you know, a number of people like to talk about the deficiencies of Jared Goff's game, an inability to improvise and go beyond the X's and O's and just make a play for his team. We know Sam can do that in spades. Um, but we also know that Sam's a little careless with the football too. Sure. He was turnover prone in college. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's hard to understand where he is professionally because, to your point, he's been with one of the worst franchises in all of sports. So it's hard to evaluate young talent when they have no guidance. Nonetheless, I think his time at USC did show us that he does have a tendency to think that his ability to sling it is better than a defense's ability to intercept it. And a lot of times he was wrong. But there's another Hall of Fame quarterback who was like that, and his name was Brett Favre. And, and he was know. traded for a second-round pick from the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons to the Green and Bay he, Packers. And he was traded for exactly. Yeah. And they made him into something. So I like where your head is going. I also like the other guy from U.S. from, from Southern California that came out the same year who's even easier to get a hold of, and that's Josh. Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. Yeah. Josh Rosen was a very talented collegiate quarterback. Now, he wasn't nearly as athletic as, in terms of running and scrambling as Sam Darnold. But I think he was the more talented passer between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So if 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 they didn't want to go and find themselves an established veteran via a trade or free agency, there are some young guys who are question marks at their current situations who Sean could bring in to begin to groom if Jared Goff is going to continue to be the turnover monster that he is today. Because it's my understanding that no quarterback other than Jimmy's Winston has turned the ball over more since he's been in the league. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I, I think it's something the Rams really have to take a serious look at. All right, coming up in two and a half minutes, we've got what you need to know, uh, which includes <laughs> one of the worst casting possibilities in movie history. Uh, and, of course, Monday afternoon quarterback coming up where we'll talk about the Raiders and what a disaster that was on Sunday. We got all that coming up in two and a half minutes. Hey, hey, yeah, Sedano and LZ, we're giving away the car this hour at 5.15. We're going to announce the key, the number of the virtual key that will start the 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport from Cover City Mazda at 5.30. Uh, hopefully, we'll have located the winner. And we will have that person on, and we're going to give it away, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, so thank you guys for all listening and participating. And, you know, hopefully we'll all listen as a big community to congratulate the winner here in a little bit. Uh, but first, LZ, it's time for what you need to know. All right. So. Okay. I'm just going to assume, you know. I'm supposed to start talking now. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. What you need to know is presented by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. A couple of football notes to pass your way. Obviously, Monday night football tonight. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are taking on the Philadelphia Eagles on ESPN. And, uh, uh, you know, big implications for the Rams here. No question about it. Um, do you give... Do you feel like... I mean, Seattle's lost three out of four, LZ. Like, I don't feel like they're impenetrable. Even by NFC East standards. Like, I feel like, you know, Philly is still talented enough as far as their roster is concerned to at least give them a run for their money if they needed to. Well, I mean, it's hard to tell because Philadelphia has lost in a multitude of ways, whereas really Seattle's only lost in one, an inability to stop anybody. So I don't know if Philadelphia can win, George, because I don't know if their offense can get going. Now, Seattle has shown us that if you get going, they can't stop you. 
Right. But Philly hasn't shown us they can actually get it going. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I am curious to see, though. I, I do think Philly has underperformed so much that I, I want to see if they've got any fight left in them. So we'll see. Uh, Ravens and Steelers now moved for a third time, LZ. It was originally it's supposed to be on Thanksgiving. Then it was going to be Sunday. Then it was going to be Tuesday. Now it's Wednesday. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that's the last day we could get football in, so we'll have to see. Um couple of other things to pass your way. Uh, Laura, do me a favor. Get that who wants to be a millionaire sound ready. But before I get to that, um, now, Greg, you sent this about Drake. Now, Drake is claiming that President Obama told him that he could play him in a biopic. Is that what you sent earlier today? No, no. It's exactly the opposite. That oh. uh, President Obama is okay with Drake playing him in, a bi in the upcoming biopic. Who proposed this to mm. That's what I said just now. Yeah, it was it was just somebody brought it up to him and he said, "Who would you want to play in it?" And they, and they and he said that his family is okay with Drake playing it and he's okay with Drake playing it. I don't know about that, LZ. Like I am not feeling Drake as President Obama. I'm not feeling Drake acting. <laughs> it's been like, a long time since he acted. Yes. Like we we need, you know, no offense to Drake who has made a very good career for himself, but we sort of need like an, an actor with some serious performance gravitas yeah maybe some awards yeah to play the first black president in the history of the united states of america yeah i would agree as opposed to you know a former tv child star who has turned himself into some sort of canadian rapper now let me ask you this will yes. smith did a really good job of big of, no. of being muhammad ali no 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 you're saying will smith had better acting chops no, I'm saying I want someone besides Will Smith. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's Will Smith. I'm saying that, you know, Will Smith was not considered this great actor. You know, he was a sitcom actor, you know, and then he played Muhammad Ali and he did a good job. But he had a bunch of movies before that. He did. He did more acting chops. And, and they weren't all like, they weren't all, you know, sci-fi movies either. He He's done like, you know, some some serious sort of pieces before he went to Muhammad Right, Ali. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. Yeah, I am not feeling the Drake thing either. By the way, Israel Gutierrez would be a better... He's never acted before. Would be At least he looks like Obama. Every he Remember, he had that Halloween costume on Around the Horn famously one year. And he actually... You can look it up on the internet. He looks like Obama. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had the uh, hair. He had, I, I can't go there with you, bro. I mean, more than Drake. Man, is he? And I love him to death. Izzy's about the size of my iPhone. Barack Obama's like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, but Drake ain't, ain't b b bigger than your iPhone, much bigger than your iPhone either. Yeah, but I also dismiss Drake too. Okay. All right. I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> that the Izzy. But I'm saying, like, that's what I'm saying about the Drake thing, that I'd rather have Izzy be Bar Barack Obama <laughs> than Drake. Uh, and he just does it for around the horn on Halloween one time. You, uh, you, know, anyway. you know why Drake won't work as Barack Obama? Because you can't have a weak Michelle be cast. Michelle's got to be strong. Yeah, she is. So that yeah. means Barack's got to be strong. Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's like, eh, I don't know if you can cast a strong Michelle with Drake. Yeah. So I, I can't cast a weak Michelle. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. Speaking of Around the Horn, um, one of our colleagues here at ESPN played a role in ABC's latest edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Laura, let it rip. All right, Mina. Although he and his wife never touched a light switch for fear of being shocked, who was the first president to have electricity in the White House? Ulysses S. Grant, Benjamin Harrison, Chester A. Arthur, or Andrew Johnson? Grant, uh, Harrison, Grant. Arthur, Johnson. 
That would be the 1800s. I think it's, it's probably Harrison. Her words were, it's probably Harrison. <laughs> so, Mina Kimes was a phone a friend of someone on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Um, did they get the answer right? He did, did, right? He won the million dollars. Yeah, so she was right. Dollars. It was Harrison, right? It, it, it was. And, 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 you know, anyone who's talked to her knows she's just like a savant. Right? Yeah, really she, smart. She's yeah. just really, really, really smart. I knew the answer, but I only knew the answer because I, re I remember that he was the fool who thought that, you know, he would get electrocuted if he turned the lights on. So that was the, that was the only reason why I knew he was the answer because I remember that story. And he reminded me of somebody else. Yeah, pretty funny stuff. So, uh, yeah, so Mina Kimes was a phone-a-friend on ABC's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. That is so awesome. I didn't even know that guy was a, was a, was a celebrity. You know the chef before Yeah, he the chef. I'm not familiar with his work, no, but he is a chef. Um, and um, and he knows Mina, apparently. So, apparently, so, yeah. So he called, I would call Mina, too, or you. You know, like, you are the you, you, you two would be right up there. I guess it would depend on the subject matter, right, for yeah, sure. But, yeah, don't call me on certain stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I won't be able to help you. Yeah. But like nerdy political stuff, like at one right. point, right? Oh, anything name, politics, I yeah. was definitely calling you for sure. Yeah, yeah. I once knew all the vice presidents in order. Wow. Yeah, but I started smoking pot and burnt those brain cells. Yeah, that, out, so that's I can't all do that gone. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all gone. Uh, LZ, let's talk about the NFL this weekend. It is time for Monday afternoon quarterback. Hit it, Laura. It's time for Monday Afternoon Quarterback on Sedano and LZ. It is time for Monday Afternoon Quarterback, and we begin with the Raiders. And here's, Greg, you're a Raider fan, so you tell me this. I feel like the Raiders' circle of life is you get your hopes up, you get disappointed, and then you start <laughs> believing again. Is that fair? Yes, yeah. Very fair, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. What a disaster. What the hell happened? Just beat down by a bad Falcons team. And this is the exact same thing that happened last year in week 12. I'm really very upset with what I watched on. The worst Raiders team I've watched this entire year. It's awful. It was awful. LZ. Well, maybe, maybe they didn't have a quarterback. Did they have oh. the Rona? They couldn't no, do they anything. Didn't. That was Denver. <laughs> oh, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, LZ, do you yes, think sir. that, look, every you know, most teams in a in a given year have one of these awful blowout losses, right? Do you think that the Raiders, the old Raiders, are resurfacing here? Like to Greg's point, because he's starting to freak out. He has a little PTSD. Um, or do you think this could just be a flukish, one-off, crazy situation? Because they've been competitive in all their games, even their losses. I believe that they are returning back to the mean and mm. what they really are. They're regressing. And and there is a stat that I go to every single time, especially in the second half of the season, yeah. when I'm trying to figure out if a team's good or not, and that's point differential. Right. And in the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs have outscored their opponents by 110 points. The Raiders have been outscored by 27. They're not that good of a team, man. No. Yeah, your point <laughs> differential matters. I'm with you on that. I, I am with you. But, man, it is disappointing to see them just get slaughtered. Not so disappointing because I did pick against them this week in our weekly picks. Um, but, yeah, I uh, – yeah. 
I, not I, only, I couldn't believe how how uncompetitive not, that was. Not only George, their point differential minus twenty seven at three hundred nineteen points, they've given up more points than anyone else in their division. Yeah, yeah, their defense isn't that good. That that no. is part of the problem there. Um, all right, next, <laughs> Chiefs Bucks. So let's start with the good stuff. LZ, I'm willing to say this right now. Patrick Mahomes has the greatest skill set of any quarterback I've ever seen. And if he continues on this trajectory, I think he's going to be the GOAT. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because to be the GOAT, longevity is a big part of it. Sure. And winning, huge, I think he's going to win more. Huge part of it. Winning, obviously, is part of it too. But being around for a long time is part of it. Right. And... We've seen QBs have miraculous three-season, four-season, five-season runs. You know, Kurt Warner, who I talked about earlier, had one of the greatest runs in NFL history. But he, he didn't last long, right? Now, that, obviously, he came into the league late, and that was part of it. But the point, the overall point being is that just because someone is really, really hot two or three years doesn't mean they're going to be able to be hot low enough to be considered GOAT or even in the GOAT conversation. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but man, I, I just feel like he's doing things I haven't seen anyone else do before, and I think whether that's literally running backwards like 10, 12 steps and still flinging it and putting it on the money, like, I haven't said that about a quarterback that I'm like, this guy is doing things I haven't seen since Aaron Rodgers, and before that, it was like Dan Marino when I was a kid, so it's like, he's in very short company, right, or very yes. brief company. On the yes. flip side, with Tom Brady, that team looks like they're all out of sorts. Like, Brady, you know, continuity is a big thing. And him not being in New England, learning a new system, playing with new players, while they're very talented, you can tell there is no continuity on that team. Well, if we're being honest, and we like to be honest, um, they looks like they've already beaten one team that's bound for the playoffs. You know, yeah. I mean, they, when you look at their losses, they lost to the Saints, they lost to the Bears, they lost to the Saints again, they lost to the Rams, they lost to the Chiefs. Those are all teams that looks like they're heading to the postseason. The teams that they've beaten, the Panthers, eh, the Giants, the Raiders, eh. Yeah. yeah. You know, the only good win they have is against the Packers, and that was like over a month ago. Yeah, and the Packers obviously took care of business against the Bears. It just feels like every time, LZ – uh, we look at the Packers and we're like, eh, maybe they're not that good. They go and they pound somebody and they show us, hey, Aaron Rodgers, still really good. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, the MVP at this point is between Rodgers and Mahomes. Right. I think Rodgers has the inside track because I think a lot of people recognize how untalented his roster is. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes' stats are becoming harder to ignore. Yeah. Next. Broncos and Saints, LZ. And the reason I bring this up is because of the quarterback situation. You made the joke about the Raiders. Um, so Kareem Jackson of the Broncos said in his postgame press conference that the lead mate, the league, excuse me, as in the NFL, made an example of them. Now, I sort of agree, but it's not the league's fault. Like, you shouldn't be blaming the league. So for people that don't know, the Broncos didn't have any of their quarterbacks available because of COVID protocols or COVID. And they had to start a young man who hadn't played quarterback since his days at Wake Forest. He's a wide receiver now. On the um, practice squad. On the practice squad. <laughs> and he was, you know, he was he was bad. Of course he was going to be bad. And 
I'm here's the thing. The NFL outlined this before the season, LZ, in their COVID protocols. If a position grouping is wiped out due to COVID, they would not cancel the game. So you can blame the league all you want that they made an example of you, but that's not the league's fault. No, it's not the league's fault. It's the attitude you have about this virus that caused this. So if you want to get mad at someone, get mad at your leadership, get mad at the players involved, but you can't get mad at the league for following through on what they told you before the game started. And, and, and no, by the way, you're a bad football team anyway. You probably was going to lose against the Saints regardless. So why are you choosing right. this hill to die on? Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. All right, coming up next, we are going to announce in the next segment who, or excuse me, we're going to announce which virtual key, which number, virtual key, will start the 2021 Mazda CX-5. 530, we're going to announce, hopefully announce the winner uh, at that point. Uh, coming up next, Dennis Schroeder spoke for the first time, and he's got a demand. I don't know if Laker fans will love it, but we've got it, and LZ has some thoughts for the Clippers. We'll have that coming up in three minutes. 